The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. We as humans are people of story. A couple of weeks ago when I got the news that I do have a job after I graduate and leave here, I wanted to tell the story. So I went out, I saw my neighbor through my window, and I went outside to tell her. And, that's, and that was the most common way at one point. Now our phones, can some of them can take and send pictures and of course, pictures are worth a thousand words, and they can be sent instantaneously to our friends and loved ones. And these pictures are visual snippets of the stories of our lives so we can stay connected. Generationally and by personality, we may engage stories in different ways. One might want to talk face-to-face, one to read, one to watch, and one to do all three at the same time. And somewhere, I believe, parents are still reading stories to their children before they go to bed at night to teach them this love of story. But whether we enjoy our stories around the kitchen table or around the campfire or on the TV screen, or the big screen, or our computer screens, there's still something so fundamental about story that speaks to us. We connect to the past, answer the unanswerable, dream of our future, and try to find out what it all means. And just this morning, all of you and many others are sitting in chairs and pews, listening to stories that are as old as time, but sacred, and we hold them to be true. Stories are connectors. 
I've been wearing this particular cross every Sunday that I've been vested and in a church, wherever it has been, for the last two years. And I also don't think a single week has gone by where someone has not asked me, that's so interesting, is there a story behind it? And there is. The long version of the story, which I will not do right now, but it's spiritual autobiography. It's the story of my own life, the life of the people who gave it to me, and how God was working in our lives together. But the short version, which I usually use, is about three sentences. It's the logo of the home parish that is sponsoring me for ordination. It's actually a pin that was given to me 20 years ago, the first time I finished a term on vestry. And when I left Ohio to come to Massachusetts, I told them I would wear it as a way of bringing them with me. And then what I hear in response, invariably, is someone connects to something in that story. They worked in Dayton at one of the manufacturing plants in World War II, or their grandmother's house is there, their insurance agent, all sorts of things. But with all of that, we become connected, connected in a way that we weren't before. I think that's what Paul is trying to do. He's trying to find a connection with the people of Athens so that he can tell his new story of Jesus and resurrection. He's been talking and debating in synagogues and marketplaces all over Athens. And I looked at the New Jerusalem Bible translation, and I love it. They think he's been speaking in cliches like a parrot and spreading propaganda about outlandish gods who raise the dead. And anyway, he was brought before the Areopagus, which is the Athenian Supreme Council, where they discussed and debated important issues, whether for amusement or governance. And now Paul has a captive audience. He begins with flattery. He commends them, how scrupulous they appear to be in religious matters by surrounding themselves with a forest of religious objects and temples and altars. Paul fills in the blank of their unknown God. They don't want to leave one out, so they've got this spot set aside with no name on it. And Paul says that this unknown God is the God who created Adam and Eve and the world and everything in it. And then he uses their own poet's words. Those words that are sometimes familiar to us. In whom we live and move and have our being. Those words out of their poetry give him language they will understand as he applies it to this unknown God. And then he reminds them in their own words again that we are all offspring of this same God. And with a foundation of connection, then he adds something new. 
He says that our lives will be measured in comparison to the life of a man, Jesus, who was raised from the dead by this same God, the one they call the unknown God. Now, this is where the Athenians had a few issues, and those issues have stood through time. Some scoffed, some stayed to hear more and became believers, but it probably was not one of his most successful missionary stops. In today's gospel, John, excuse me, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit sent by God in his name will teach and remind us. So we have Jesus, God, and ourselves very tightly. And then he uses mysterious words like, because I live, you also live. And I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I in you. And there's some wonderment in here. I can picture this in the disciples. Jesus is trying to describe an intimate new relationship, a new way of connecting, a new way of being in the world and with each other. And the disciples will have this when he's gone. And we have it now. Jesus' connection with his disciples at that moment he's speaking is tangible. Jesus is there in flesh and blood incarnation. But like the mother hen gathering her chicks, he wants to reassure them that they will stay connected, not just with each other, but with him as well. And he tells them this before something happens in their anxiety, so that when it does happen, they'll recognize it and can trust it. This close, mysterious connection, being in him and with him, is not if, it's a when, when it happens. It's not a fine thread of connection barely holding together but an interlocking yarn or web of relationship, knitting us, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in the ultimate prayer shawl. But it's closer than the one I have on. Like one knit by Trinity's Handcrafts group, like I'm wearing, it wraps its wearer in peace and warmth and prayer and says, let your heart not be troubled. This ultimate prayer shawl of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit doesn't just wrap us, it includes us in its own yarn, in its fabric. And then we are to wrap and embrace the world in peace, compassion, and justice. We are to do this, this wrapping, And it begins by realizing that our lives are connected, our hopes are connected, and that we find that connection when we share our stories. We listen to our sacred stories of Hebrew and Christian scripture every week. We can use the measure of these stories, and especially of the gospel, 
as our signposts for meaning for our own stories. And if our lives live, move, and have our being in God, then they are sacred stories. Even the most ordinary events of our lives have unholy potential energy. Like the story of my cross enabled me to connect in new ways with many of you, your own stories shared with gentleness and reverence, as our St. Peter said in our letter this morning, and as our forum speaker, Dr. Zhang Li, did so graciously, sharing the stories will add more and more connections between each of you. As faith stories, the stories of where you find the grace of God, the compassion of Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit become knit together, hope grows for us and for our world. As Dr. Zheng Li was talking about the number of Christians in China, you could feel hope grow because the sacred stories have been shared. So knit an ultimate prayer shawl for our world. Wrap it in peace. Embrace its troubled heart. And the holy potential energy can then be released in the joy of knowing that God is intensely present and intimately involved in our lives and in our world. Amen.